Hey everyone, it's your host Irving. Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to come on and just give a quick announcement. We would like to apologize for releasing the episode so late. Unfortunately, our original recording was deleted, so we had to re-record the episode. But due to scheduling conflicts with Eddie and because of COVID restrictions and not being able to use the location that we normally use to record, we unfortunately had to record this episode outside. So with that, there is going to be some outdoor noise along with some wind noise, and we tried our best, but we wanted to make sure that the episode came out as soon as possible because waiting any longer would just push everything that we have lined up for recordings out even further. So we just wanted to apologize for the quality of this episode and thank you for your patience. And with that, let's get on with today's episode. Welcome back, listener, to Discussing Marvel, a WandaVision after show. I am your host, Irving, along with your other host, Eddie. And today we are discussing the series finale of WandaVision, episode 9, titled The Series Finale. And the official synopsis of the episode is The events of WandaVision comes to a head, and the destinies of all who took part are determined. And before we get started, we do want to apologize for kind of being late, but something happened to our original recording and it was lost. And at this point, we have just decided to blame Agatha for it. <laughs> but on the plus side, now that we're recording a couple of days late, there's so much new information that has been released that we're able to incorporate into this episode. So I guess... It was all part of Agatha's plan, so I don't think I could complain. But now that we have that out of the way, Eddie, what are your first air quotes impressions? It was a perfect wrap-up to a series finale. It was so good. It truly <laughs> was. It truly was. Yeah, I enjoyed every minute of it. I was sad at the end that it was over, but... It just gets me more excited for what's next in the MCU. Yeah, definitely. What about you? I think that my first impressions are that, yeah, I thought it was a great ending to this story. It really did feel like a limited run series, which I really enjoyed. And I was quite happy with the way it wrapped up, especially seeing it in order binge watching it leading up to the finale was very satisfying and I'm very glad that they decided to do it week by week because I don't think it would have had the same effect if they would have just dropped it all at once yeah I feel like everything would have gotten spoiled on day of release and it would have been ruined for a lot of people <laughs> yeah and I think we would also would have seen people online going well the order I suggest watching it is just start with episode four. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that. But I'm glad that they decided to do it week by week. And yeah, the ending was definitely satisfying, in my opinion. Previously on WandaVision. So previously, we took a deep look into Wanda's past. 
we learn that she was born a witch and coming into contact with the Infinity Stone just amplified her powers. We also saw that she never stole Vision's body like Hayward led us to believe. Then we saw how the Hex was created and it was because of Wanda's grief. And not just that, she created Vision herself. And then Agatha not only told Wanda she's using chaos magic, but she officially declared her the Scarlet Witch. And now that we're all caught up, let's take it from the top. We pick up right where we left off last week with Agatha holding the boys hostage. And like the joke that I made last time is cute because there's so much space behind them. They could just like walk back. But they've only been alive for two days, so I guess I'll forgive them. Yeah. But luckily for them, Wanda blasts Agatha, releasing the voice, and then she sends them to their room, which I would be so sad if I was a super powered kid and mom was like, go to your room. <laughs> yeah. Be like, no, mom, I was born for this. I want to do this. I want to defeat the hag. Then we learn that Agnes has a special ability. Take power from the undeserving. It's kind of my thing. You're clearly in over your little red head. So why don't you surrender your magic to someone who knows what to do with it? And I'll let you keep this pathetic little corner of the world. I love this reveal because now we know what she was doing back in Salem. Mm -hmm. She wasn't reversing their spells. She was absorbing their power and becoming stronger, which is really cool. Yeah. We see Wanda slam Agatha with a car because we know that is her favorite move. And we get a cool Wicked Witch of the East moment from the Wizard of Oz with her boots. Yes. So I'm loving all the witch imagery that they're using here. And that's pretty big of Agnes to assume that Wanda would recognize this reference. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a Wizard of Oz. Like, I'm pretty sure most people, even if they haven't seen it, they've seen it through osmosis, as they say. Mm -hmm. That's when Wanda sees White Vision. And she's confused at first because... She has the fake vision, so she knows that this has to be her one true love. And she even asks if it's really him. And he says, nothing. He just, hold <laughs> he just holds her face and then starts to crush her head. And when I tell you that I cringe listening to the effect, the sound effects of her bones crushing, I just couldn't. Me too. It kind of reminded me of an episode of Game of Thrones where someone was getting their head crushed and I'm like uh, please don't take it <laughs> this way Marvel <laughs> I was like wait I've never seen Game of Thrones is that really what they do in that show someone gets their head crushed by, oh. <laughs> by a man and we see it oh man yeah like I'm a big chicken when it comes to body horror and gore so that 
probably one of the reasons I never really watched the show because it looked like, hmm, this looks like the type of show where they like to chop off limbs for fun. <laughs> but yes, I'm glad that Marvel just flirted with the idea but didn't take it there. Yeah. But could you imagine if he like started crushing her head and she like rebuilds it with her magic? Yeah, that'd be crazy. But luckily for her, we get our vision to the rescue. And I'm going to be referring to Wanda's vision as our vision and then the real vision, I guess, as white vision. Because there's going to be a lot of vision on vision action in this episode. Yes. So it's going to be the way that I'm going to distinguish the two. And then we actually finally get to see Wanda and Vision together because they've been apart for the last two episodes. Isn't that usually how it goes? The X is like super strong and powerful and white and toxic. Or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> and the current boyfriend's like nice and understanding. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, but I mean, have you ever been in that situation with your ex and your current are in the same party? No. <laughs> well, you haven't lived because I have. <laughs> I'm a people person. I stay friends with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also nice to see that they're both very understanding of each other, especially because now they both know the truth about themselves and about each other. She knows how the hex was created and she saw that she made Vision herself and Vision sees everything that Wanda went through before he was brought into this earth. Yeah. So I like that they didn't need to say much because they already understood each other, which sometimes that's what happens. If you understand what the other person is coming from, you don't need a 30-minute monologue to explain your feelings. Mm -hmm. We get a cool shot of the camera kind of backing into a window, and it's Agatha's house. And we see that that's where Monica is being held. And she's being guarded by Pietro. And he's got some strength. He does, yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised that he had that power because last time I checked, superhuman strength wasn't on his list, correct? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of another way to tell you that this isn't your daddy's uh, Quicksilver. <laughs> 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 we see some vision on vision action. And we learned that Hayward is monitoring everything. Which I'm still confused about how he was able to track our vision inside the hex. Mm -hmm. But a wizard did it. Yeah. 
named Wanda, but he makes a comment about making sure that their vision, white vision, is still under their control. Mm-hmm. So he's almost letting us know that there's a chance that he might go rogue. Yeah. And we get our man, Jimmy, and he's being brought in. But Jimmy brings up the good point that Hayward's not going to be able to cover all this up. But Hayward just brings up the fact that he will be seen as a hero and nothing else matters. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself with the episode, but I appreciate that Hayward was just a regular person. Yeah. He was just a man with ambition and all the wrong intentions. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's easy for us to want to have him be controlled by Ultron or Mephisto or, you know, some other super being. But that's the kind of person we have to worry about in our reality Mm -hmm. is literally the director of an organization using it for his own personal advantage. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who gets in the way. I'm going to exterminate you if I need to. And he knows he's going to get away with it because they always do. We saw that in The Incredibles too. Yep. Violet brings up the fact that, oh, she's rich. She's only going to serve like six months in jail. Mm-hmm. I could see Hayward getting like a $25,000 fine and six months of house arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Wu mentions that he's already let his partners know of the situation and they're going to be there within the hour. And that's when Hayward decides to pack it up. But we see that Jimmy was bluffing. Yeah. And I love seeing his little trick getting out of the handcuffs. Mm -hmm. I just want to see a whole magic act starting Jimmy Wu. Yeah, he... Has learned a lot since he first joined the MCU. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that if it would have been him instead of Darcy inside the hex, he would have been the magician. Yeah. Once he releases himself from his handcuffs, he actually makes a phone call and actually asks, hey, can you make it here within the hour? So now he actually has to make his threat a reality. Yeah. Back at the town square... Agatha lets Wanda know that she has an entire chapter devoted to her in the Darkhold. Did you know there's an entire chapter devoted to you in the Darkhold? That's the Book of the Damned. The Scarlet Witch is not born, she is forged. She has no coven, no need for incantations. I'm not a witch. I don't cast spells. No one taught me magic. Your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. It's your destiny to destroy the world. I'm not what you say I am. Oh, really? Dottie. My name is Sarah. I have a daughter. She's eight. Maybe she could be friends with your boys. If you like that storyline, or uh, school bully even. Really anything. If you could just let her out of her room, 
If, if I could just hold her, please. What are you doing to her? You're making her say this. She's your meat puppet. I just cut her strings. I love this whole little chat between Agatha and Wanda because even up to this moment, she's still trying to teach her about witchcraft mm -hmm. and the Darkhold being the Book of the Damned because I believe most of us that aren't familiar with the comics gave her the same look Wanda did. Like, okay, what's this book? <laughs> yeah. Doctor Strange had books and he only needed two pages. Like, okay. But it was interesting to learn everything about what makes the Scarlet Witch. Mm -hmm. How did you feel seeing Dottie be broken from her spell? Because I know that we mentioned that she's probably a witch. And I ran a campaign about justice for Dottie. So we were clearly proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Who knows? I feel like Marvel likes to emphasize some characters and then bring them back later. So who knows? Maybe Dottie will play a bigger role in the MCU or maybe not. Who knows? Maybe we were getting trolled <laughs> to try to come up with these theories, but. Well, I don't even think it's just being trolled. I believe that shortly after the show premiered, they did an interview with the actress that plays Dottie, Emma Caulfield. And she made a comment saying that there's more to Dottie than meets the eye. So I think that's probably what led to all the speculations about Dottie and who she is as a character. But I'm starting to realize that a lot of the interviews where, for example, Elizabeth Olsen saying that there is a Luke-level cameo or Paul Bettany saying, oh, I got to work with an actor that I've always wanted to work with. They didn't say these comments out of the blue. They were being asked questions and their answer was not going to be satisfying either way mm -hmm. because someone like for example the elizabeth olsen one someone asked her is there a luke level cameo on this show if she says no that's spoilery yeah if she says yes who is it yeah so you they're putting them in corners and we're not happy with their answer so i think that members of the media need to stop trying to get them to spoil things mm -hmm. because there's only so many answers they can give us that's not going to lead down the path that we went down this show. Yeah, and you know what happened to snitches? They end in ditches. They really do. <laughs> she technically was right. There was more to Dottie than meets the eye. She wasn't this evil housewife. She was just being made to play character and Wanda's world. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't like that. So she sees she, she wasn't lying. And we know that she lived in Westview. So all these people that lived in Westview were normal. She just picked this place because Vision picked this place. He bought that land and that's where they were going to live together. So Yeah, and we know that Agatha is able to manipulate the citizens so I'm pretty sure that the reason why we thought Dottie was in on it was because Agnes at the time made her the queen bee. Mm -hmm. And it's been fun viewing the whole series again through the lens of 
it's been Agatha all along because a lot of it makes more sense now. Yeah, it definitely made it seem like she was trying to deflect the attention onto other people from the town and not her just so she can try to get more questions answered on how Wanda is doing all this. Yeah. And how scary must it must it be to have been in Westview and have no control of your body? And by the looks of it, everybody was conscious about what was going on. Yeah. It wasn't like they were asleep and they woke up and were like, oh, what day is it? What happened? Mm-hmm. No, they're like, I remember everything. Yeah. It's probably like sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. which now sounds really scary. Yeah. But you know what? I still volunteer to live in Westview. <laughs> we see that Agatha then goes on and cuts everyone's strings. And now they all start heading towards Wanda. Very zombie-like. Yeah. But if you notice, they're all kind of keeping their six feet apart distance. Mm-hmm. Back at Agatha's, we get the reveal that Fietro is actually Ralph. Ralph Boner. <laughs> And Monica sees that he was being controlled by a necklace, which I assume was also giving him his powers. Mm -hmm. So this reveal seems to be pissing people off more than anything else. And like I said, we're recording this almost a week after the premiere of the episode. And this seems to be the one thing that people are not letting go. Yeah. Like everything else, everyone's moved on, but Evan Peters playing... Pietro, but actually being Ralph Boner. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like it was... I'm glad that they got Evan Peters to play because if they got Aaron Taylor to play her brother who was Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, we wouldn't have been questioning anything. And by having Evan Peters... It got people talking, and it got people throwing theories left and right about the multiverse, about the X-Men coming to the MCU, and I feel like that's what the casting directors wanted viewers to do, is talk and speculate and rumor and come up with theories, because like I said, if it was... Aaron Taylor as Quicksilver, it wouldn't have been as exciting or we wouldn't be like anticipating the next episode. Like, oh, it's just her dead brother. She brought her dead brother back to life. Yeah. And there was an interview with director Matt Schockman by comicbook.com where they asked him this specific question. Why? Evan Peters for Pietro and he stated that they actually did contemplate casting Aaron back for his role of Quicksilver but they like the idea of it being someone else because it goes with the idea of denial Mm -hmm. that this man is clearly not her brother but she misses him so much she's willing to believe that he is yeah and At first, we're like, but he's got the speed. Now we see that it was Agatha's magic. But even when he revealed himself, 
he didn't even show he was fast. He was just like, hey, I'm your brother. Mm -hmm. Right? And she's like, yes. And I honestly believe that we're going to get a complete recast of the X-Men. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to get a Quilksilver anymore. I think the character of Quilksilver is gone. We're definitely are more likely to see Tommy fill the role of that superpower in this universe Mm -hmm. in the future because I can't see them not wanting to introduce the kids. Yeah. In a more permanent role. And this was going to be Evan Peters' only chance to be part of the canon MCU, even if it's as a fake character. Yeah. There's been other actors that have made the same comments. Like, I believe Hugh Jackman once said that he would be willing to reprise his role as Wolverine in an actual mainline MCU movie. But would he? I don't know. Maybe he would come back for a different cameo. But the thing is, they can't have characters or actors that have played a character in a different Marvel property brought into the MCU. And I think this was like testing the waters, see what people would do. And I think that we proved them that, yeah, it is the right decision to not bring anyone into here because you guys are just going to run with it and be upset when it doesn't come true. Yeah, and it gets very confusing, too. I've been watching all the X-Men movies recently, and their sense of time and characters coming in and dying and then coming back to life, it just it doesn't make sense. So I'm... I'm hoping that none of these X-Men characters, actors, come into the MCU because they need a lot of explaining to do to make sure we're not, is this the Wolverine from this timeline? Is this the Wolverine from that timeline? Fresh new faces, fresh new actors. I feel like it's the best way to go. Yeah, I'm scared that theories might actually now be a reason why not to cast people anymore which sucks but it is what it is and I do think that it also is about managing expectations and having a wink to the audience doesn't always have to be like oh what's going on yeah and he also stated that he liked the idea of having his own Mandarin twist like in Iron Man 3 yeah so He knew what reaction was going to happen because we know what reaction happened when that was revealed back in Iron Man 3. So it's not like they went in and did this casting choice and were, oh, we were were completely surprised people acted like this. Yeah. (laughs) When we saw how the reaction was to the Mandarin. So it's almost like this is the reaction he wanted from us. Yes. He's like, it's called art, sweetie. But at a at a larger scale, <laughs> <laughs> we see that Billy and Tommy are watching the fight from their bedroom. And Billy has a vision of Wanda in trouble. And they decide to head out and help. And I love when kids get to be part of the action, especially super-powered kids. And not just for the storyline or for the characters, but for the actors. Mm-hmm. Especially being a kid. Being a superhero is obviously something that I think we all think about at some point. Yeah. I think one of my first memories as a child wanting to be some kind of superpower person was when 
Mortal Kombat Annihilation was coming out, and that was just like the coolest thing growing up. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero for me. Uh, <laughs> Sonya, all the way, sweetie. <laughs> I've been picking the female character since day one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell I didn't have many male friends growing up. Now <laughs> uh, we see the citizens of Westview confronting Wanda. And they let her know that this entire time, they were not at peace. They have her nightmares. And it's interesting because she has put them on what she feels is the best mental state for them without even checking to see if it's true. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting commentary on a group of people that could be oppressed and the oppressor thinking that I, I was doing what was right for you. Like, you weren't you weren't in any danger. You were at peace. You were at peace. I kept you safe. Yeah. And they're like, we didn't feel like that. And this causes her to snap. And she starts to choke them. And it's very disturbing to see her lose control. Yeah. I know we've made that joke before that every time she would get scared or completely stressed, they people were waiting for her to whisper some words Mm -hmm. but now we're actually seeing her lose control and even mrs hart says if you won't let us go just let us die please which is very dark (laughs) yeah it just shows you the state that they're in like they're in a worse state than they are now they were probably already emotionally drained with everything that's gone on in the last five years and now having people return from the blip, and now this happens to you? Mm-hmm. Agatha mentions to Wanda that heroes don't torture people. And it's true. This has been Wanda's story is her feeling worthy enough for a hero title. Mm-hmm. And she decides to open the hex and allow them to leave. But this also allows Hayward to come in. So I'm surprised he was ready to go. Like, he knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Damn writers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, his his mission was to kill Wanda using White Vision. And we almost saw that happen when she was about to get her head crushed. So maybe he thought, like, okay, White Vision killed her. Let's go. Yeah, I think um, that makes perfect sense that he sees the hex opening and that to him is probably like oh she's dead Mm -hmm. but we see what opening the hex is actually doing to vision we see him fall from the sky and we see the kids stop running towards her because they are de-resing which is the only way i know how to describe this (laughs) (laughs) no it's a perfect way yeah for all my tron fans you can't tell me that they're not de-resing. And that's because they are tied to this world and one can't exist without the other. She can either save Westview or save her family. And this is the superhero paradox, I guess, that they fall into where they have to save their loved one or save the world. Mm-hmm. And I saw this tweet the other day that said, never fall in love with the hero, fall in love with the villain, because the hero would sacrifice you to save the world, but a villain would destroy the world to save your life. 
Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> it is so beautiful. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? That is so true. It is. <laughs> it is very true. <laughs> We've seen that in a lot of movies where, oh, why is this person trying to destroy the world? Oh, they're actually just trying to get money to save someone that they love? Oh, that's so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so because of this, she decides to close the hex. So we see that she's still struggling with what to do. Mm -hmm. So now that the hex is closed, we see that Vision, Billy, and Tommy come back. Like, they're not harmed in any significant way. So now Wanda has to protect them. And we see that Agnes kind of sends out an assault towards them. And Wanda uses kind of like violet type of shield to protect them from Agatha's powers. But it's almost like this is what she wanted because she's absorbing her magic. Mm -hmm. And now we get what in Mexico we just call a standoff. <laughs> and it's Agatha, White Vision, and Sword surrounding the family. And we get them hitting their superhero pose, which I was living for. It was so good, yeah. Billy was using those fingers to create the little Wanda magic fingers that I've been doing for the last two months. <laughs> He's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. It's like, if I ever had a nephew, I would want one just as fabulous as Billy. Yes. It was very The Incredibles. And I love that they tell the boys that they were never prepared for this, but they were born for it. And we love supportive parents. Yes. So Vision's going to take on White Vision because White Vision's programming directive is to destroy the Vision. But our Vision explained that he's not the true Vision, only a conditional Vision. So now White Vision requests elaboration. I wonder what energy source White Vision is using to create his power beam. Like I'm curious if when he was created, back in Age of Ultron, if that was installed as his weapon. Maybe. Because we know that we needed Wanda's magic to bring him to life. And that's why they used that rocket to absorb the energy. So Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how they managed to build a device that can absorb magic. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's got chaos magic in it. So that's interesting that they have the technology that is able to absorb that power source. Yeah. Agatha decides to take care of the sword agents because, as she puts it, there will always be torches and pitchforks for ladies like us, Wanda. And she's not wrong. Nope. But that's when Wanda steps in because she's not a villain. She's just very stressed and she's trying to do the right thing, but she doesn't know how. Mm -hmm. And she has the boys take care of the military. And like I said, I love seeing kid superheroes get to be kid superheroes because they'll always have fun with it. They do. And you can just see how much enjoyment they are having playing these characters. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I love that Tommy has, like, the sunglasses and the hat. Yeah. 
they're yeah, like you said, they're just having a blast. And that's when Mr. Hayward decides to step out of the vehicle and unload a gun on the boys. Which I did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> like usually kids are safe when it comes to certain movies. So I expected that, oh, maybe they'll get like a boulder thrown in their direction. But to just see a grown ass man just step out of their car and just start shooting at them without saying anything. Like I said, these are the type of people we should be worried about. Yeah. Real life people. Yeah. And Monica decides to be a true queen and she puts herself in between the bullets and the boys. And we see that she was unharmed because she's able to change her body into what looks like energy. Mm -hmm. And she was able to stop the bullets, which makes her bulletproof. And I love that we're getting stronger and stronger heroes. Yeah. And Billy manages to stop one himself. And he's so proud. He is, yeah. And I love that Monica goes, I like your powers. And Billy's like, thanks. I like yours too. (laughs) (laughs) She says she was an ally in that one episode, and she's not wrong. Nope. And she helped give them life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. She helped deliver the babies. Yeah. And did Hayward really think he he could get away with this? Because Wanda doesn't use guns. Yeah. Like, as far as they knew, Billy and Tommy were actual people. Yeah. And how do you cover up two dead children with bullets that could be tied back to the gun you're using? Mm -hmm. Like, forensics, you can't hide that. Yeah. But, like I said earlier, he is 100% certain that he is going to get away with this. Yeah. Because that's how these people are. They feel that I am above the law and I am above ethics. Because I am director Hayward. It Mm -hmm. is my birthright. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is where he should be doing his villain speech. (laughs) (laughs) And like any good coward, his next choice is to run them down. And he gets in his vehicle and he's about to charge at them. But our girl Darcy smashes right into him. And she's like, have fun in prison. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like she needed more screen time, in my opinion. But by the looks of it, because the show was being filmed during the pandemic, at least the last fourth of it, they just decided to go down from 10 episodes to 9. And there was an entire subplot involving... Monica, Ralph, the boys, and Darcy. And it was X. Yeah. And Senor Scratchy as well. Mm-hmm. Where he was going to be guarding the Darkhold. And the kids were going to try to steal it. And he was going to turn into a demon. Yeah. And I think that would have been cool. But everybody would have been, Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Because I feel like... The whole finale centered around Wanda. Yeah. So And so does the whole story. And I love 
Jimmy and I love Darcy. And I even made the comment that I want a TV show starring the two, solving the, like they said online, solving the X Files mm-hmm. style of mysteries. But I am also afraid of them falling into what I like to call the Olaf problem. Yeah. Where Frozen is one of my all time favorite Disney animated movies. And I like the character of Olaf. I couldn't stand him in his own little movie short. Yeah. Because I feel like he's a great character in small doses, but give us an entire thing dedicated to just him. And he goes from charming and funny to annoying. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not saying that this would happen to these characters, but they're side characters Mm -hmm. for a reason. But I still wanted more of her. Yeah. (laughs) And then we see Vision and Vision in the library being intellectual kings. I'm familiar with the thought experiment that shifted Theseus in the field of identity metaphysics. Naturally. The ship of Theseus is an artifact in a museum. Over time, its planks of wood rot have been replaced with new planks. When no original plank remains, is it still the ship of Theseus? Secondly, if those removed planks are restored and reassembled free of the rot, is that the ship of Theseus? Neither is the true ship. Both are the true ship. Well, then we are agreed. But I do not have the money still. I do not have one single ounce of original material. Perhaps the rot is the money. The wear and tear of the voyage. The wood touched by Theseus himself. I have not retained memories. But you do have the data. It is merely being kept from you. Certainly you are the true vision for you to lead yourself to. That was once the case. But upon leaving you, I have been disabused of that function. As a carbon-based synthesizer, your memory storage is not so easily wiped away. May I? So, Eddie, is it still the same ship? I don't know. <laughs> they got very full philosophical and I was just like yes but no but yes yeah I think that's been one of the best online arguments I've seen online (laughs) regarding to the show because people aren't getting hostile with it I don't know like you said there's so many different ways of seeing it where I don't think there's a correct answer Mm -hmm. like thematically it's the ship of Theseus, what it used, it once was the original, but it once was the original, but through time and through refurbishment, like they said, no original piece lays, but it was still once the ship of Theseus. Yeah, I like how 
former Disney Imagineer Joe Rody put it, because this came up a lot when it came to Disney attractions, because I think that's probably one of the most not just accessible, but easiest to show examples of this ship of Theseus scenario. And he said on Twitter, the ship of Theseus is a very good metaphor for more theme park attractions, especially the classics in which substantial replacements have occurred, yet somehow the object is considered original. But it's the opposite of that. It's an original thing given a new identity. I think that's what we're seeing more with White Vision. He was the original Vision, but now he has a new identity because we saw that our Vision unlocked those memories, but he doesn't have the Mind Stone to attach all those memories and complete the story. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with White Vision because after his memories are unlocked, he just leaves. He bounces. He's like, bye. <laughs> he's all like, oh, wait, there's kids now? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I am not. <laughs> I did not sign up for that. Have you seen how I'm built? Completely flat. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. But it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be fun to see what they do with White Vision in the future. Mm-hmm. Back at the town square we get to see Wanda do one of her most classic tricks and she messes with Agatha's head and she sends her mind back to when she killed her coven and we see Agatha tied up and the bodies of the witches surrounding her and Wanda comments that the difference between her and Agatha is that Agatha did that to her coven on purpose. Mm-hmm. And we start to see the witches wake up and it's like, ooh, the show's getting scary again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do that one trick they like to do in those scary movies where the bodies move really fast. Yeah. And it just scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> but unfortunately for Wanda, the witches turn on her and Agatha's like, sweetie, this is taught in chapter two. Yeah. Like I knew exactly what you were doing. And the witches start to tell Wanda what Agnes has been saying the whole time. You are the Scarlet Witch, the Mm -hmm. harbinger of death. And they tie her up. And Agatha mentions that power is not Wanda's problem. It's knowledge. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is it the lack of? Because I don't think Wanda has too much knowledge. Mm -hmm. I don't think she has enough knowledge about her powers. Yeah. And Agatha decides to strike a deal with Wanda that if she gives her her power, she will help correct the flaws in the original spell so that she can live in peace and she can make her pain go away. And how did you feel seeing Wanda get her crown? I was like, yes, queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of those scenarios where you always wonder, how are they going to make this work? Yeah. Because they clearly gave us the Halloween episode where they're like, this is what it would look like if we just did it just like a vintage costume. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we see that Wanda decides to give it to her. She's going to give her her power. And she starts to blast Agatha 
and Agatha's absorbing the magic, and they're up in the sky, and she's also missing a few shots. But after a while, she gives her everything. Yeah, and we even see Agnes, too, like, were you aiming for me or were you aiming for something else? <laughs> yeah, she's kind of confused, but she doesn't care. She's yeah. like, um, you're wasting a valuable magic, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we see that it's having a physical toll on Wanda. Mm-hmm. We saw that earlier where her hands were kind of getting black and decaying. Yeah. But I also find it interesting that Agnes's hands also have the black tip. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what magic does to you that makes your fingers black. Mm -hmm. And once Agatha has it all, she decides to read the fine print of their agreement, saying that once a spell is cast, it can never be changed, that the world she made will always be broken, just like her. And to me, there's nothing worse than a villain that can't keep their word like, if you can't do that, like, how can I trust you? Yeah. <laughs> and as Agatha is about to deliver the killer blow, nothing comes out. And then we see that Wanda was not missing. But in fact, she was casting runes. And thanks for the lesson. Yes. And I tell you, the minute I saw r- that giant design in the back, I knew exactly what she did, Mm -hmm. and I got up, and I was like, that's what you get. That's what you get. (laughs) You should have just kept your mouth shut, Agatha. Yep. But you can't help but show off. Mm -hmm. Because no one likes to show off. They really don't. (laughs) And then she even tells Agatha that no one tells me who I am. And Wanda absorbs her power back. And not just that, we get the ultimate transformation into the Scarlet Witch. How did you feel watching her transform? We kind of knew she was going to get a new costume because of the title card in on the page. We saw like a piece of it, so we were already speculating that she was going to get a bomb-ass costume, and (laughs) she got a bomb-ass costume. Yeah, she really did. I love that it was up in the air, and she was flying while it happened. And it almost gave me Phoenix vibes. Yes. And yeah, she transforms into the Scarlet Witch, and that that costume is perfect. It is 100% everything I could have asked for in a Scarlet Witch costume. Yeah. And I noticed that they fixed a problem that Elizabeth Olsen has brought up in some of her interviews that she didn't like about her original costume is that she shows a lot of cleavage compared to other heroes. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame her for that. It makes sense. Like, I'm all about showing skin, but it needs to make sense when you're fighting. Yes. And they keep it sexy. It's form-fitting. She has gloves. She's showing a little bit of shoulder, which is always appreciated. And yeah, this costume is just killer. I can't wait to wear it for Halloween. <laughs> I got to lose a few pounds, so this uh, quarantine 20 is not helping. <laughs> yeah. You could be senior scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So now that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch, Agatha knows that she's lost. And Wanda decides that 
she would not be locking up Agatha, but that she will live here as a nosy neighbor. Agatha mentions that she has no idea what she has unleashed. And I'm just thinking, why are you fueling these conspiracies? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were trying to kill the Mephisto train. Yeah. But I do wonder what she unleashed. Yeah. Because based on the original lineup for Phase 4, WandaVision was supposed to come out literally right before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So to me, whatever happens here is the prelude to Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. So there is a chance that unleashing doesn't necessarily mean an entity, but it could just be like you've unleashed a vortex of chaos that's going to have realities crash in on themselves. Yeah, and we kind of know that Wanda is a Nexus being, so she can... She's the same person in all these multiverses, so... Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what they do with this. Mm-hmm. WandaVision and the kids decide to head home, and we see that the hex is beginning to shrink. We see them tucking the kids in, and that they're very proud of them, and that family is forever, and they could never truly leave each other even if they try. That's when it hit me that they're all gonna disappear. Yeah. When I saw the Hex begin to shrink, I assumed that she was just going to live in her own little bubble around her house. But that's not the case. Yeah, and I feel I would have felt bad for the kids because they wouldn't have been able to leave their home. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I think that's probably what she wanted to do at first. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that was her first option. I would just bring it down to my house. But having the citizens go, we're not happy here. This isn't what we want. She decided that I'm not going to have my kids be stuck to 2,000 square foot home Mm -hmm. and not be able to ever leave. Yeah. And she even thanks them for choosing her to be their mom. Which is very heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. And someone pointed out that Billy's able to read minds. And he just because he gives her kind of like a little smile and he probably knows what's going to happen. And that killed me even more. Yes, (laughs) it was so sad because we've seen them grow up. We've been there for them this whole time. (laughs) We have. And they care for Wanda. Like that's been proven time and time again where they want to help their mom like they care for her we then get wanda and vision saying goodbye to each other before i go kill him myself what are you
they truly love each other. They do, and that's why I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah, they've been supportive towards each other for the longest time. Someone pointed out that Vision learned to cook in Civil War to make her feel better, even though he can't eat. Mm-hmm. He learned about human emotions and even though he doesn't feel and that he bought them a house to grow old together even though he doesn't age like he's always thought about Wanda Mm -hmm. and here we see her kind of say it back that she was able to create him using the piece of the mind stone that was inside of her And that's just beautiful. Yeah. And we're not sure if he told her about White Vision. And now he got away. Mm -hmm. So that can also maybe be a triggering thing to see in the future for Wanda. So it's going to be interesting, like I said, what they decide to do with White Vision. Yeah. He also states that we have said goodbye before. So it stands to reason we'll say hello again. And I know that people online have commented on how cheesy some of this dialogue is, but I don't care. I'm not here trying to get a master's in English literature. Like (laughs) (laughs) these lines make me feel good and I love it. Yeah. The hex has finally closed in on them. And we see the house start to go back in time until we end up back where we started in an empty lot. And if they ended it here, would have been great mm-hmm. because then people would have been like, what well, did it actually happen? Or was it all in her head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it did happen. And we see Wanda walking through Westview. And we see the citizens looking at her the way you would kind of expect them to. They're kind of angry and confused and scared. And we get Wanda come face to face with Monica. They'll never know what you sacrificed for them. It wouldn't change how they see me. And you, you don't. You don't hate me. Give me a chance and... Give me your power. I'd bring my mom back. You know I would. I'm sorry. For all the pain I've caused. I know. I don't understand this power. But I will. I think it was so important for Monica to not just be like, I forgive you, but to actually state the obvious. If I had the power, I would bring my mom too. I know I would. Yeah. Because we see that she didn't really get to say goodbye to her mother and have that grief that she lost her mother because she got blipped 
Yeah. And she went straight to work. Mm -hmm. She went straight to doing what she knows how to do. And I think it's interesting seeing how much work Wanda had to put in to just come to the acceptance of losing vision. And I think that's what happened. I think that's what we saw is she accepted that this isn't healthy and I can't live my life like this. Mm-hmm. And it's not good for me, and it's not good for Vision, and it's not good for the kids. And she made that decision to let them go. Because everything has been taken away from her, and this time she voluntarily gave it up. Yeah. Because she knew that this is what needs to happen. And that's when we see Wanda just fly away from Westview. End of episode. Before we discuss the episode, let's go over not just one, but two credit scenes. The first one, we see Jimmy being a king, and he's helping out the citizens of Westview, and Hayward is getting arrested. But like I mentioned before, he'll probably only get six months probation, (laughs) house arrest. And we notice that Darcy's not around. They just kind of make a comment on why she's not there, and I've seen some criticism online as well about this that it felt like an incomplete story for Darcy not even being there but chances are this was probably filmed during the height of COVID Mm -hmm. last year because you don't really see them next to each other everyone's kind of like individual shots and if they're and if you see them in the same shot they're like really far away from each other yeah so I'm pretty sure that they couldn't have her come in and film because they filmed three-fourths of the movie in Atlanta, Georgia, and then one-fourth of the movie in L.A. They filmed all the L.A. shots here during COVID restrictions. So we don't know if there was a scheduling issue where she couldn't be brought in to film Mm -hmm. this um, credit scene because we know that they're famous for filming some of these scenes like up to the wire. Yeah. Like for the Avengers, they literally filmed the end credit scene the night after the premiere, mm-hmm. which was only days before it came out on theaters. So yeah. that's probably what happened. And we see that Monica's asked to go into the theater because someone wants to speak with her. And we see that the agent was a scroll and that she was sent there by an old friend of her mother's who heard she had been grounded and would like to meet with her in person. In space, Eddie. How exciting. <laughs> and I'm like, why not just say Fury? I know. <laughs> we know who it is. We know who it is. Or it could be Carol. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, the easy thing to say is Fury, but it could be Carol. She is an old friend. She is. But we saw that in previous episodes where they brought up Carol. She's like, oh, <laughs> but <laughs> let's Ca- not talk about her. <laughs> but Carol doesn't know that. Yeah. So that would be interesting. It's someone. She knows people. She's She's been up in space herself. It yeah. could be anybody. And at first, I thought that this was the engineer she was talking about, that it's probably this scroll. But in that same interview for comicbook.com, they went over this engineer line. And he said that when they originally filmed that shot, it wasn't very clear on her needing a specific vehicle with these modifications in it. So they added that, I know an engineer that would be up for this task to show that 
they didn't build that there. So that was literally just a line they added that we ran away with. Yeah. <laughs> so when that line was added, it was never intended to be anybody. Mm. So got to go write that off my chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that this is partly leading up to Captain Marvel 2. So that's very exciting. And then we get the second post credit. And it's essentially the camera zooming into an isolated cabin somewhere in the woods. And we see Wanda having herself some tea. And I'm saying this tea because I don't think she would want coffee. It's just going to give her more anxiety. (laughs) But the camera goes past her. And it goes towards the back of the cabin. And we start to hear the Doctor Strange theme. But a little bit more mysterious. And I'm sure this isn't we were all like, Doctor Strange is just going to be standing back there. Like, yeah, (laughs) right. But no, we see that is Wanda as the Scarlet Witch, Astra projected, studying the Darkhold. And she hears the cries of her children. And bam, that's where the series ends. And man, just imagine seeing that and knowing that Doctor Strange is coming out in two weeks. Yeah. Like, that's the original intent of that scene. And knowing that we have to wait a whole year is awful. It It is awful. It definitely brings you back to the old post-credit scenes where they would show something and it was, like, so far out in the future. Yes. (laughs) Let's be honest. How many years are we going to have to wait for Adam from Guardians post credit (laughs) (laughs) like five years six years yeah because i read a tweet that james gunn tweeted saying that he's probably not going to be in guardians of the galaxy volume three that jerk (laughs) they're like there's just no male specimen that would look good in that costume james gunn's like if his abs aren't bulging through his suit We don't want him. Yes. (laughs) So, Eddie, what were your overall feelings of this episode now that we discussed it and kind of dove deep and discussed some behind the scenes that led up to the decisions for this to be the finale? I felt like it was a perfect wrap-up to Wanda's story. We got... A lot more question, a lot more questions answered, and they kind of gave us little hints of what's to come with the post-credit scenes. But we got a complete Wandavision story, and a very emotional one too, of how she dealt with grief and the trauma of losing vision not once twice but three times at the end of this episode yeah it was good it was so emotional and it was some of the best marvel writing i've seen in a long time yeah what about you well kind of like how you said we're both very emotional people we like to talk about our feelings because we have a lot of feelings and yeah, I don't think I've been this excited about a TV show in a very long time. Yeah, like I, I can't honestly think of 
another show that made me feel this way. And it created a cool community online. And did I think all the half of the theories were like, what? Yes. Was I tired of hearing Mephisto every single day? Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, I was so happy that the conversations were just happening. It definitely got people excited and talking and having these conversations, even though we can't have these conversations in person. It just got the whole internet talking, and I feel like that's what a good show does. Yeah, and like you said, I think it dealt with Wanda's grief beautifully, and I honestly don't think they would have given her her own movie because they just suck at giving female characters their own movies. Like, I feel like they'd rather just give new characters their own movie than give a movie to an established one. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great way to give her justice to her character. And I love the slow burn. Yeah. Because I don't think she had the love that she deserved. I mean, I always liked her because I like all the female characters. Because Mm -hmm. since my seven-year-old self picked Sonya, I've always been attracted to female characters in all kinds of media. But even Vision, I think Vision has now moved up in likable characters in the MCU. He's not just some smart guy that triple majored in English history, but he was like humanized yeah, in a way that he wasn't before. And I think they did a great job in wrapping up Wanda's story that now has cut off almost all ties to her past and it's and it's allowing her to move forward because mm-hmm. it's not the end of her story. It's almost like a mini origin. Yeah. And we got to see more of her past and I thought it did a great job. And I know that it was more self-contained than some people would have liked, especially for a Marvel property. But I think that leads us into the fact that we're not experiencing phase four in the way that it was intended. Mm -hmm. If you look back at San Diego comic-con 2019, this was supposed to be the fifth title in phase four. We were supposed to have black widow on May 1st, 2020 followed by the Falcon and the winter soldier in the fall of 2020, the Eternals on November 6th. Then on February 12th, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings and then WandaVision on spring 2021. So not only did they make this one the first title, it actually premiered a lot sooner than it was originally supposed to. Yeah. And then it was going to lead to Doctor Strange on May 7th, and then Loki. Now we're getting WandaVision, the Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki. So I think the expectations of world building into phase four are probably going to be in these other titles that were intended to come in before WandaVision. WandaVision, Especially because they said that they already had three quarters of it done before COVID came in last year. That means it could only do so much. I'm sure if they were able to film without restrictions, they would have completely redone the story, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't. So I think that maybe the Eternals will tell us more about mutants 
maybe the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will and Black Widow will be more tied together, but this one definitely felt like more self-contained than anything else. Yeah. And not every MCU thing needs to lead to something else. I think that we're so hungry for what's next that we can't enjoy what we're currently eating right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're always looking for what's next, you're never going to enjoy the plate in front of you. You're never going to be satisfied. Well, and I feel like that's what Marvel does well is, yeah, they like to put these Easter eggs and these post-credit scenes to get people talking and excited for what's next but they were they are able to tell the story and wrap up the story in one movie or show that people see people and theorists like to theorize about every single little thing that they really miss out on what the story is about yeah and i think that the need for post-credit scenes is gone because the post credit scene was a fun teaser at, oh, now they're going to do this story? We know what they're going to do for the next two years. Like, they tell us. Yeah. Like, the post credit scene doesn't do anything anymore other than, yeah, it, it serves like a little appetizer. But to a meal that I already knew they were making, mm-hmm. they will never do a post credit scene that involves a movie that they haven't announced yet. Yeah. So I think that if they got rid of the post credit scene, would I be sad? Yeah. But at this point, I'm like, I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. I know what actors are going to could possibly die based on their contracts. Like, we know too much. Yeah. We're cursed with knowledge, as Thanos would put it. Yes. And yeah, I think that it was a great uh, ending to this story. I, I see it more as a prelude to Doctor Strange than as a launch point to anything else. And like I said, we know the X-Men are coming, so let's just hold off and let's just wait. Yeah. Like, we, we want everything done fast and done right, that it's like, okay, slow down, buckaroo. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then we saw that, too, with with the DC Universe. They tried to rush a lot of movies, and <laughs> look what they're look where they're at right now. Yeah, and it sucks because they have great characters. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you guys just, like, Stop trying to do something that is not working for mm-hmm. you guys. Like, relax. The TV shows are doing great. Like, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I love the TV shows. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, I think that the theorizing is kind of getting a little bit out of hand where, man, like, Dottie couldn't even have flowers in her front yard without everyone dissecting that up the yin-yang. Yeah, and someone said online that with with comics what marvel likes to do is like to take an idea from the comic books but they don't go through the main storyline yeah because it's really hard to do a complete story and follow the comic to the line and that's why they just take an idea of a comic and make it their own yeah i don't remember if i said this on our trailer episode or on our first episode but to me marvel treats the comic books as a pantry of different ingredients and they pull a little from here a little bit from there a little dash of that a little spice of that and they create 
a new story within a knowable dish mm-hmm. like Civil War. It's a huge comic run that they turned into one movie and they just felt like this is the main the meaty part was them fighting at the airport and being divided. That's what we're getting to. What little pieces can we pull from different things to make this dish lead to that point? Yeah. And like you said, with 13,000 comic books, if you want to find something that proves what you think your idea is, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Like going back to Dottie, she had yellow flowers and they're like, oh, this witch here, she has her magic is yellow. Wanda's magic is red and she had red flowers and Agatha's magic is purple and she had purple flowers. I'm like, yeah, if she had pink flowers, you would have found someone with pink magic. Like you would have found something. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. When you have an idea of something that could happen, you will find evidence to back you up. And there's nothing wrong with that. But also don't get upset when it didn't come true. Mm -hmm. Or it didn't happen how you thought it was going to happen. Last time I checked, that's what a theory is. It's not a fact and it's not proven yet until it's proven. Mm -hmm. And we have just one more episode of WandaVision. It's not part of the story, but it's behind the scenes and I'm super excited. I am. I love behind the scenes stuff. That's why I continue to buy physical copies of movies just for the bonus features because you just get to see all the movie magic and all the commentary with the directors and writers on what it was like to bring something to life yeah and i excited to see what how they filmed the show and maybe they'll go more into details of how they had to do it during covid and with that i have been your host irving And your host, Eddie. And this has been Discussing D+. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And once again, we would like to apologize for not only being late, but for the audio quality. Thank you for being so patient with us. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And join us next week as we discuss Assembled, the making of WandaVision. WandaVision.